We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. Can you can you add respectfully or no disrespect but to anything? Like, could I say all due respect your trash or all due respect I hate you and everything you stand for? Like, is it a free pass? Uh, I mean, yeah, let's do it. I think that's a great uh, great way to get away with a lot of stuff. All right, let's fucking get it. Welcome, you number one podcast listeners, to another edition of Prem Brulee. I'm your host, Premobot. No disrespect, but... I fucking sucked in February, so I apologize to you, number one podcast <laughs> listeners, but we're going to try to make it right in March. Um, I am joined on this episode by my cousin, Roshan. Welcome back, bud. What's good, baby? And no disrespect, every episode that you released in February was horrible. So congratulations. You played this terrible. Time. It was not number one yeah. podcast material. All due respect, number two podcast in your headphones during February, <laughs> back to number one in March. What do you do, baby? Yeah, yeah. March, March 1. Number one podcast. Let's get it. Amen. All right. Before we begin, we got a lot to cover because all due respect, but February sucked. Um, but before we begin, a word from our sponsor. And you already know this episode of the Prem Brulee podcast is brought to you by Sleep Battle Photography. Sleep Battle is a boutique photo studio in Asbury Park, New Jersey, from cinematic stills, unique and classic wedding and elopement photos, even product or commercial photography like you see for the Prem Brulee brand. Sleep Battle is a full-service studio, so visit their Instagram or website at S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E or sleepbattle.com and treat your eyes into something nice. You already know, number one photographer for the number one podcast in your headphones. Thomas would already be doing all all my family pictures and all that if uh, he lived close by. He has still talked about coming to Columbus just for them, though, so... Uh, shout out to my guy. We're going to have him on probably here soon because NFL draft is quickly coming. And I know he's in the middle of his scouting. I just checked on it today. So <laughs> more on that later. But without further ado, Rush, let's get started on this episode. A lot to cover. Alrighty. So let's get to it for you number one podcast listeners. You already know UFM or Nas up first. We definitely got to keep it word association because uh, – you played yourself as nice and meaty this time. <laughs> guess that's what happened when you guess that's what happens when you absolutely shit the bed in February, but all due respect. Um all right, first up to cover NFL playoffs slash Super Bowl fifty seven. Everybody knows by now the Chiefs are Super Bowl champs. They defeated the Eagles thirty eight thirty five, a last minute field goal following a controversial holding call. Um it gives the Chiefs their second title in five years. It is their third appearance in five years. Um, just a ridiculous start to Patrick Mahomes' career. I mean, it's his career's already Hall of Fame worthy, and he's so young. So, future's bright in Kansas City. They proved it without Tyreek Hill on their roster. Um, they had a wide receiver core full of, you know, just making things work um, and trusting the duo that is Mahomes and Kelsey. But your word or phrase for the Chiefs winning and overall in the NFL playoff? Um, as far as the Chiefs go, I'm going to go with what ankle. Um, Mahomes looked pretty solid. Um, th- that was just – it was a great display of football in the Super Bowl. I thought the game was great. I know everyone hated that call. The game wasn't really hung on it. But, you know, like you said, Patty Mahomes is on – on a tear right now and it must be really nice to be a kansas city fan and like just sleep at night knowing that's your football team 
Yeah, I don't think we talk about um, how spoiled they are enough. So, um, you already know we bring that petty energy here. So, Kansas City Chiefs fans, you're on notice. Nobody's rooting for you anymore. You flew under the radar this whole time. Yeah. Um, take your quarterback that sounds like Kenny Powers and um, <laughs> stop fucking winning. You've done it enough. So, um, my phrase for this, you already know, Team Snacks, Team Rihanna. That's how I feel about that Super Bowl. Um, more on this later, including a call out um, of my co-host here, but uh, I won't <laughs> spoil too many things. Uh, I do think it was a shame that going backwards a little, the NFC Championship game, the Niners were without a quarterback. That game turned into like absolutely pointless. That sucked yeah. to see. Um the AFC Championship game was great, just as advertised. You know, uh, the future's also bright for the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow. So, looking forward to for seeing sure. that rivalry. Um, Cincinnati Bengals are the definition of you shouldn't have been talking shit. You um, have been talking they talked shit. so much yeah. shit about beating the Kansas City Chiefs. You just kind of felt like they, the Chiefs were due, and sure enough, yeah. they kept their receipts. So, the um, second they called it Burrowhead, I knew it was over. The second they called it Burrowhead, they should not have done that. Yeah. Like, talk about bulletin board material. Anyway. Yeah. Um, you hated to see it, but I was worried that would happen. Okay. So, yeah, Team Snacks, Team Rihanna. Huge Rihanna fan. Love seeing her. Um, announced her second pregnancy. That was badass. The The stage setup looking like you're playing Super Smash Bros. Um, <laughs> and already Team Snacks, like Super Bowls. We've talked about this multiple editions of Prem Brulee in the past. One of the best snack days of the year. So um, don't ever get it twisted. I'm never going to see my team in the Super Bowl. So I'll always be Team Snacks on that <laughs> weekend in February. Going back to Rihanna real quick. I think it's crazy. Like she hasn't put out music in what, six years? Anti is now yeah. six years old about. Yep. And she came on. And I know we talked about it in our group chat a little bit. Like we started listening to Rihanna like the day after and the night of whatever it was. And it's just like, you forget how deep her discography is. And for not having put out any music in six years, she carried that show with, and she probably left out easily like 20 hits, like 20 huge yep. hits. And it's just really cool to see that. And also it's just like, wow, she's this good. And she has like, no, you, you, she really doesn't need to release any more music for the rest of her career because she makes enough money, nope. you know, doing her beauty line and her lingerie line. But man, yeah, what a dominating force in pop! Like we're we're seeing like our generations like one of her, you know, one of our biggest stars. Yeah. So I agree. I think she said something like she had like thirty some iterations of her of the set list for that show because yeah. they're th fitting it all into thirteen minutes, and she has hit after hit. Like, yeah. one of my favorite Rihanna songs is Needed Me, and that wasn't even featured on there. But I'm sure it was on yeah. some of her different iterations. But everybody has For an sure. example like that. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, love to see that. Uh, that was an incredible halftime show. I can't remember last time. Like, the last two years have been just halftime shows I've really been looking forward to, and they lived up to it. It was like what you yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. The nostalgia is on 100, which sucks to say about Rihanna. You know, I hope she knows she can make new music. Um, it doesn't mean that she has to stop just because you said that. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, it sources confirm she is a number one podcast listener. Um, please don't fact check me. But 
I mean, by degrees of separation, if we're as big of a LeBron fan as she is, like she's pretty much a number one Fact. podcast listener. How do you Team argue LeBron with that? people stick together. It has been for sure. Okay. Next up, spring training just started a little while ago, but um, brand new to the MLB is the pitch clock getting a lot of attention these days. Um, so wanted to give a quick breakdown. Those of you who haven't been paying attention because it is spring training right now. Um, a lot of you, your team is not coming off of a World Series championship like the Houston Astros are. <laughs> um, yes, the hoes are still mad. Um, Ghostros, baby. Yeah, Ghostros. But uh, anyway, the new pitch clock. Uh, makes it so that pitchers have 15 seconds to deliver when the bases are empty and 20 seconds when runners are on. Batters are limited to one timeout per plate appearance, and they must be ready in the batter's box with eight seconds remaining. There is 30 seconds between hitters. Um, so pitchers who violate their rules are charged with the ball, and batters who violate their rule of the pitch clock, is, they're charged with a strike. Um, there are also some rules about pickoff attempts. Uh, I think you get two pickoff attempts to the same runner. And by the third one, if you don't get them out, I believe they get to advance. Something like that. I'll go first on this one. I am a yeah fam. I love it. It is a small sample size, but early on, get this, the spring training games are lasting 20 minutes less. This is comparing this year's spring training, the first four days of spring training, to last year's first four days of spring training. So the game time is down from two hours and 57 minutes last year to two hours and 39 minutes in that small of a sample size already. Um, so I love it. I saw today that there was a, a pitcher who had a 20-second strikeout. Three straight pitches, it took 20 seconds. Now, I worry this could get a little extreme, but I love the what they're trying to do with pace of play because some of those games are just painful watching people get ready, especially the batters, like sitting there just grabbing their cup and like rearranging their bat batting gloves like just get up there and be ready so uh, i'm a yeah fam to this what do you think man um i don't disagree technically with anything you said but overall uh i'm a not fam uh and let me tell you why real quick right. um i feel like my word association is deprived because you know that's 30 less minutes a night that i get to watch the astros rake on your favorite team I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. So, wow. you know, yeah. you win some, you lose some, you know, so I had to throw that in there. But, you know, wow. some Good of the point. players on the Astros are pretty used to, you know, doing some goofy shit in the box. I don't know if uh, casuals know, like, Kyle Tucker is always, like, picking up dirt and yep. all kinds of shit. But, um, yeah, I'll he miss that stuff. But overall, I think – his hands. Yeah. I think overall it's good for the game. Um the only thing that I really do worry about is just like overstressing arms and like injuries. And, you know, when you got, you know, certain pitchers that rely on those breaks, uh, you know, this could, but, you know, these are professional athletes. They're going to have to adapt and train properly and yeah. do what they need to. But hopefully, come playoff time, they're a little more lax on the rules because I really don't want to see like a playoff game decided by a pitch clock violation. Like, it's happened in spring training, which no one cares about. But if that happens, yeah. like in the bottom of the ninth of like an ALCS, like th th this rule won't last long. <laughs> right, I agree. Yeah, th obviously they're trying to appeal to um, you know the casual fan because they don't have any problem getting the you know usual baseball fan invested in the game. But this is a opportunity for them to gear the games towards. For sure. The new fans are trying to get. 
in the stadium. We'll have to track that as we go when we get into um, regular season ball, even uh, see how that goes. Yep. Okay, over to the NBA. We got to cover a couple things here. First up, the NBA All Star happened. Uh, it was in Salt Lake City, as we all know. Uh, a couple new things. They did a live team draft before the game. Team LeBron and Team Giannis uh, drafted their teams um, bef- like an hour before the game. Uh, Damian Lillard won the three-point contest. Mac McClung was the slam dunk champ. Who? Oh! <laughs> uh, team LeBron finally lost uh, an all-star game. Team Giannis defeated Team LeBron 184 to 175. Giannis played one play. He had a wrist injury coming in, so um, he, you could tell he purposely suited up for the fans, came in, went a dunk, and then uh, checked out of the game. LeBron didn't play the second half after he hurt, uh, I think it was his hand, He's trying to block a shot and got caught in the rim. Three voted starters were hurt and didn't make appearances. That's uh, Zion Williamson, uh, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. So three starters out, and then another two ended up playing one play to half and one played one play. So um, my word for this, I got one, um, is viewership. I'm a nod at the NBA All-Star game this this year, and I can't quite pinpoint why because they – did the same format that's been working. It's just I think it had to do with the injuries and all the starters being out. Um, but this actually happened to be the least watched edition in history. Ratings dropped twenty nine percent and viewership dropped twenty seven percent from just last. That's my word for that one. A uh, little underwhelming. I'm going to talk a little bit more. Mac McClung had a great dunk contest, but I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. And you played yourself, so. What what do you got for this one? Uh, my word's definitely superstars. Um, I mean, there were really not that many superstars on the roster that played significant minutes. Like, what I kind of tweeted something like this, but it's like, what do you expect when, you know, you're the largest minutes and like the most like quote unquote competitive part of the All Star game has like Tyrese Halliburton, Drew Holiday, Laurie Markkinen, and Jaron Jackson Jr. Like, no one's tuning in for that shit. No offense to these guys. Obviously, they're great players. They're All Stars for a reason, but. I mean, ain't nobody trying to watch that shit. We're trying to see yeah. LeBron and Giannis dunk on like people smaller than them. That's yeah. what that's what people watch the All Star Game for. I don't really get all this stuff about like the game's not competitive, blah blah. It's like, man, who cares about any of that shit? Like, it's just fun. Let these guys have fun. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I tuned in for a little bit, and it was just it's a little goofy, and I just saw like the rosters and i was just like very underwhelmed with the rosters so i mean that's why i didn't tune in so i can't imagine a lot of people their favorite player is you know drew holiday so (laughs) (laughs) no disrespect but no one's favorite player is drew holiday (laughs) i'll do respect to drew holiday you know i'll all respect to um drew holiday but his family doesn't even consider him their favorite player so but i'll do respect (laughs) All due respect. So uh, moving on in the NBA, uh, the more appealing thing, I would say the best trade deadline in any of the major sports is the NBA trade deadline. And this one, Always. just like every yeah. other year, did not fail us. Before the trade deadline hit, I think I think it was about a week before, um, you played yourself Hall of Fame member, Kyrie Irving, <laughs> um, was traded to the Dallas Mavericks. He's paired with Luka Doncic. He's traded in exchange for future draft picks, Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, who went back to Brooklyn. Then we had later, about a week later, the Nets then traded King Snake, nickname to be determined, to Phoenix. They paired him with Devin Booker, CP3, and DeAndre Ayton. 
Um, the trade sent back a couple of key young pieces, so the Nets didn't get nothing for them. Uh, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson went to Brooklyn, and then multiple first uh, future first-round picks as well. The haul you would expect from to obtain Kevin Durant. The Lakers totally revamped their roster. They traded away the likes of Russell Westbrook, Thomas Bryant, Patrick Beverly, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Damian Jones. Um, they acquired D'Angelo Russell, uh, who was drafted by the Lakers originally, and go Bucks. What it do, baby? They also acquired Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, and Mo Bamba from the Magic. So a very distinct change i mean you're looking at some key players that were getting key minutes and they switched them out uh and it's seemingly uh faring pretty well for them uh obviously what with the trade deadline comes some key buyouts uh notably there's quite a few of them like patrick beverly ended up being a buyout and went to the bulls for example but i listed a couple main ones kevin love was bought out from uh cleveland Cavs. he's been there since um, there are a few title runs. He was kind of the last remaining piece there, uh, but he got bought out by the Cavs. Everything seemed like it was, you know, mutual and respectful. He ended up on the Heat. Um, Russell Westbrook was originally traded to the Jazz in, in those deals the Lakers were making. Never suited up for the Jazz, was bought out. He ended up on the LA Clippers, so kind of nice for him. He doesn't have to move or anything. Uh, Terrence Ross, who was on the Magic, uh, wanted to be join a contender. He got bought out and uh, join the Phoenix Suns. So just some notable ones there. Obviously, I'm a YAFM. NBA is, like, always changing. Um, yeah. It makes the East ridiculously easy. Um, I think you have – it's a two-horse race in the East. It looks like it's going to be between the Bucks and the Celtics. Um, and the West is absolutely stacked. Nothing will surprise me. Uh, we could see a lot of upsets it really feels like this is the sun's best chance ever in history including the years they had charles barkley and mvp charles yeah. barkley um i in my estimation there's no excuse for them not to win uh maybe you have an excuse in year one because you haven't gelled but uh this is quickly becoming you got to win now and uh legacies are on the line chris paul being at the top of it um devin booker being there i mean you have three bona fide like huge names on one team and then a young big absolutely again yeah, kd no longer can hide in brooklyn um i feel like he's kind of gotten away from all the scrutiny that he's had yep. um because of all these injuries and i mean i know he was nursing an injury but he's coming back healthy he dropped 20 something points yep. um they won in his first game back so i, I don't want to hear any gelling excuses like yep. you got you got a you know a top half seeded team adding arguably the best score in the league like yeah. i ain't trying to hear shit bro i'm not hearing yeah. no excuses you have two <laughs> two elite scorers and one elite setup man in chris paul so yeah absolutely no excuse i mean yeah i i Unfortunately, you know, I don't make the rules, except I do. I do make the petty rules. Um, petty alert. Petty alert. If the Suns petty win, alert. listen, I I might count it for the original Suns players, but uh, Kevin Durant does not get credit for this race. It's the pretty boys. <laughs> it's the petty boys. Telling you this might be the unique scenario where the team does, but um, the only one that doesn't is, yet again, the guy who joins an already established team. So, just preliminary. I'm going to think on it a little, just off the top of the dome. Yeah. You know, we don't. We don't want no Mickey Mouse rings. Yeah, he's definitely bus riding at the very least. 
All right. Anyway, that wraps up Yeah, Fam or Nah. I think it is time, and the number one podcast listeners want to hear it. It's time for You Played Yourself, so let's hit that intro, baby. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we Petty. Petty Le Pew. Go. You know why I'm here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you already know. First up on You Played Yourself, we had to do it. Tony Davis. Yes, he's back to Tony. Some may know him as Anthony Davis. This man passed his Kleenex off injury proneness to LeBron James. LeBron James hurt his foot. And now he decided that there are plenty of injuries to go around, so he's out again. Shaquille O'Neal said this on Davis. Quote, I don't want to say this disrespectfully, but he has fell off. End quote. <laughs> now you know why we were talking about this. Um, you know, all due respect, but he sucks now. Uh, I said all due respect, though. Don't worry about it. So Tony Davis, you played yourself. This happens every year. I mean, just when the Lakers, with their new additions, were like, okay, they're really starting to excel. They had a historic comeback against the Mavs. They were down 27 points at one time, came back to win. That was the game LeBron got hurt in. Um, mm-hmm. But Tony Davis just can't help it. I can't disagree with anything. Um, this is definitely my new favorite saying. Um, I will be abusing it. This episode is any indication we've already started abusing it. I also think that this – I mean, I know we titled the episode this, but the text message when these when these quotes came out, I was like, man, put me on the mic. That shit's hilarious. And it, it's like Shaq's so funny because – he said that on the heels of a 29 and 15 game, which I think is hilarious. Like it was yeah. arguably AD's best game of like this entire season. But then the fact that he gets hurt right after it, Shaq's like, you know what? Fuck this. With all due respect, you suck. And I'm like, man, vibes. That's what we do at home. Yep. This guy's on inside the NBA and he's just like, he's one of us, man. I love it. All due respect. All due respect, but you fucking suck. <laughs> all due respect though. I can't call out everyone and not call out myself. So uh, next you played yourself is to me um, for saying the Cowboys would lose the wild card game to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They did win a playoff game. Thank goodness they won against the 7-9 Bucks team. But uh, you played yourself goes to the allergic to prosperity Cowboys. They struck again just when you think Always. they might. They might just ride that momentum of a great game. You know, Dak Prescott had his best game of the year, but he just had to come back down to earth. His turnover-heavy self came back and handed the game to a Niners team, despite a gem of a game by their defense. Who would have predicted it besides every single Cowboys fan, including me and Sonny? Think about this. Their defense gave up 19 points. They held Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel each to under 60 yards total. They held them both under 60 yards. That should get you a win 10 out of 10 times. I said this in the previous episode, which all due respect was ages ago at this point, so I apologize, but all due respect. Um, This team is never going to have postseason success. I'm telling you, it's just something in the air. Like It's like it's pollen, but that facility has has airborne success flying around and everyone in the facility is allergic <laughs> and everyone in the facility forgets to take their meds for it. Like that's the best way I can describe it is these motherfuckers just sneeze away any chance at success. Impossible for them to absorb. It. This is an elite metaphor. 
And I just want to close because, you know, I'm really trying to work on not raising my voice. It is the off season. This is the time where everybody has a chance. The NFL Combine's coming. You know, everything's good. But it's a good time to remind you of what we talked about before, Sonny and I, on that last episode. The Jimmy Johnson Ring of Honor curse. I, I don't think I'm going to let that die because I'm running out of, like, logical explanations to why they just can't fucking do anything when it the calendar hits january i don't even want to talk about february february is where the super bowl is they're not even close to that i just want to see like more weekends in january but they don't even have nonetheless you played yourself i called myself out but we brought it back down to earth and our usual allergic to prosperity cowboys um had to join the fold Uh, anyway uh i did want to circle back to the super bowl a little um more on that, but the first you you played yourself to that Super Bowl Fifty Seven grass field in Arizona. Um, this was from Joe Pompliano. Uh, he's at Joe Pompliano on Twitter. He tweeted on this on Super Bowl Sunday. The NFL spent two years preparing the grass for Super Bowl Fifty Seven's field. The grass was grown at a local sod farm in Phoenix. It was installed two weeks before the Super Bowl. The field, uh, if you know anything about the Cardinal Stadium, it's natural grass that they roll out to get natural sun. So they did the same with this daily sunshine on this new grass field. The total cost was $800,000. All that just to have players slipping around. You had Jalen Hurts change cleats at halftime. People were eating it. They, I think people were mic'd up and saying it's one of the worst fields. Um, so... You played yourself to that Super Bowl 57 grass. What a total yep. waste of $800,000. That's a lot of student loans they didn't pay off. I was just thinking the same thing, yeah. I think that stadium <laughs> used to be called University of Phoenix Stadium, too, ironically. I did want to preliminarily, uh, we're entering March, so March Madness is upon us. Um, you already know the national anthem by uh, one future Hendrix. It will be played a bunch, especially in this month. <laughs> But um, March Madness, the college basketball variety, is um, already preliminarily dead, thanks to the Buckeye men's hoops team. Um, this Buckeye men's hoops team were 10-3 and three at one point in the season and then proceeded to lose 14 out of their 15 next games. Is that um, good? Yeah, it's not ideal. It's uh, <laughs> all due respect, but uh, it's fucking atrocious and they should be ashamed of themselves but all due respect um uh yeah so they proceeded to lose 14 out of 15 games and now just to add to that uh the buckeyes have now won uh two games in a row against uh two teams that would be tournament teams uh and are ranked so they couldn't just successfully just kind of fade out into darkness and let us end the season they had to remind us of what could have been so they won meaningless games at this point. They're going to miss every postseason tournament. Like, I hope they don't even accept NIT invitation. Like, just let it go. And they did just enough to win a couple at the end of the season against ranked teams. Like, give me a break here. Um, also, they're weird. This season's really weird because you have like power powerhouse blue blood teams that are bubble teams this year. Like UNC and UK are both kind of bubble teams this year very odd season uh, i already know what you're gonna say and and that's the allegiance i'm gonna roll with so hit it 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, not weird. It's uh, go Cougs, baby. Uh, go, it. Go, I mean, go the Cougs, fact that the yeah, the University of Houston Cougars are the number one ranked team in the country right now, and I mean that kind of goes along with the weird theme. I mean, yeah, they were good yeah. last few years, but uh, being healthy this year and yeah, things just seem to be rolling in the right direction. Every time I get a score alert, I don't watch every game, but every time I get a score alert, they've been, you know, kicking someone's ass by 20 points. So it's a good sign. Um, they've lost a couple of weird ones, but you're allowed to lose a few games. Um, March Madness should be fun, man. Um, if you're a Cougars fan, hopefully. We'll see. Yeah. I, I think they're going to be a really popular um you know, bracket pick is bracket pools start happening. Yeah. You know, um, but we shall see. I, I haven't watched too much, but I know the heavy favorites are the Cougs and Purdue. But Purdue, um, yeah. For purposes of our family, uh, Purdue. So, <laughs> anyway, do uh, you got any to add on the You Played Yourself docket here? Oh, of course, of course. Um, I wanted to. Uh, I know you brought up our, you, you know, you played yourself MVP, Kyrie Irving, um, but um, there's another one of those guys that deserves to be back on here, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. You uh, are first, back in the fold. Yeah. You want you want to talk about allergic to not being on? You played yourself. It's it's Aaron Rodgers. He's no stranger to the section. I think I think if we went back and tallied up the times that we've had people on there, it's probably close to being a three way tie between him, KD, and Kyrie. So yep. um, he was just in the news the other day. Just you know, quote unquote. I don't want to drag. I don't want to be dragging anyone around. It's a very rich coming from a guy for for two months. Does this will he won't he dance for retiring for the second fucking year in a row? Like, do we have to keep yep. hearing this shit, bro? Like, we get it, man. You're 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 great. You're a generational talent, but you don't get it done. So at some point, stop getting extensions and go to a different team. Yep. I don't I don't know why you act like you're some loyalist to Green Bay Packers when you don't even you know talk to your own family you you have no real loyalty like you just enjoy attention so everyone knows he's not going to leave 50 million dollars on the table like we know he's going to play this year if it's for green bay great we're going to have to do the same fucking song and dance next off season and if not you know maybe he puts a little life into the jets or the raiders or whatever but i mean if i'm any other gm i'm not touching this guy like he yeah. costs too much he has no postseason success to even like speak on over the last ten years. Uh, I mean, what postseason success has he had? Absolutely none. He hasn't even been back to the Super Bowl, and it's just like, you know, with all this like ayahuasca shit, and fucking darkness retreats, man. Just, just say, just come out and say you crave attention. You know, like yeah. if you didn't treat your family like shit, maybe you would have had a little more attention growing up, and maybe you wouldn't be this way. So it, it's time to stop being a child. And like you're one of the oldest guys in the NFL, and you're like a petulant child throwing a tantrum every single fucking off season. Like enough, bro. Just retire already. And you know he won't retire because Tom Brady also retired, so he's gonna have to share that Hall of Fame entrance boys, with Tom Brady. Boys. Arguably, everyone's goat. So ain't no way he's retiring. Just say you're going to play and figure it out, man. Enough of this. Yeah, yeah it's reported that uh, the Panthers reached out. That was new news very recently that they reached out about Rodgers' availability. So 
great. So he can go back to another shitty division, get to the playoffs, and lose again. That's pretty much what he's going to do. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and I got one more. You played yourself. I'm going to keep it in the NFL. Um, I, I doubt this guy's ever been in here. He's he's hardly relevant anymore. But it's Lashawn McCoy. Uh, I don't know. Like once all this Eric Bieniemy stuff. Um, just to recap, Eric Bieniemy has left the Kansas City Chiefs after five years. Uh, you know, basically what three three titles and two Super Bowl titles, two three three conference titles and two Super Bowl titles great run for any oc for some puzzling reason he's not getting hired um yeah it's 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 a really weird strange situation is very obviously why it's happening we don't need to get into all that i can't white um put my i can't white uh think of a reason oh quite sorry yeah it's like some reason that's nagging me because Other people have gone under the tutelage of and- the great Andy Reid, who calls plays and gone on to get all these head coaching gigs, um, you know, uh, year after year. Yeah, it's just can't figure it out. We'll let you figure that one out. But uh, back to LaShawn McCoy. Uh, once Bienemy signed with the Washington Commanders, which is also kind of a goofy decision on his part. But, yeah. I mean, if it works out, it works out. But LaShawn McCoy tweeted, quote, I wish him well, but Washington, don't let the Chiefs' success or coaching titles fool you. The traits or skills you need to be a good coordinator, I haven't seen or witnessed it. And it's just really strange that LaShawn McCoy is even butting himself into this. I know he has this new analyst job, and I don't even know if he's good or not. I don't watch the show that he's on. But here's a headline for you from the Sporting News. It was, quote, LaShawn McCoy wins second straight Super Bowl without playing in either game. So his year or time spent with the Kansas City Chiefs under Eric Bieniemy was few and far between. He got no meaningful snaps in the postseason because he's too busy holding the football like a bread loaf. (laughs) And we all know it. We all remember watching him. He was a great player. But honestly, like, what gives him the audacity to even speak on another man's livelihood? Like, All these racial implications aside, it's it's kind of unreal to see what LaShawn McCoy has to say after being pushed off of the roster, basically, in the Eric Bieniemy andy Reid offense. Yeah. You know, like, it's very obviously sour grapes from his, his part, but yeah. it, does, it, it was so unnecessary and brought so much, like, clickbaity, like, yeah. attention to it that you know what he's doing, but the damage is far more severe because then fan bases and – Whenever it comes time to like defend the NFL for allowing Eric Bieniemy to go this long without having a head coaching gig, they're going to use people like LaShawn McCoy as pawns in this argument, even though his point of view really has no weight that it carries because this dude was riding pine the entire fucking Super Bowl. Yep. So you played yourself, that's, LaShawn McCoy. That's what I was going to say. I think um, a lot of the new wave people that are on networks are just trying to figure out the – most controversial thing to say and get clicks clickbait's the perfect way to put it and he's one of those he's just trying to like throw shit at the wall and see what sticks so pretty much yeah okay i got another one um nfl combine started this week uh you played yourself goes to bryce young for not throwing at the nfl combine uh the other top prospects cj stroud will levis and anthony richardson are all throwing um, couldn't, couldn't be me. Bryce Young is not my QB one. Um, and also just don't forget that when they measure young and he's six feet, 190 pounds, 
that there's never been a successful QB with that frame. Just think about that. And every critique you had about C.J. Stroud, he proved wrong in that game against Georgia. He was phenomenal in that game. Uh, People critiqued him for not being mobile. He created offense. There's so many clips about it. In fact, um, there's one Lewis Riddick just had at the Combine talking about C.J. Stroud might be the gem of the draft. So um, you're going to hear me complain a lot about it because there are a lot of narratives that get pushed around the draft. Um, And you won't convince me otherwise that there aren't narratives because Justin Fields in 2021 somehow was the fourth QB taken. And uh, you can't tell me that that makes a lick of sense. So just pay attention to the narratives that are created. Um, I genuinely think, you know, Buckeye fanhood aside, CJ Stroud is the top QB in this class. And um, he does everything you want him to in a pro quarterback and uh, he can do it from the pocket. And then he proved the one critique of him is that he couldn't create out of the pocket. He did it like incredibly in that peach bowl against uh, what many, what you're going to see on in that NFL draft in the last, in last year too, that is a Georgia defense full of NFL talent. And this draft is going to be no different. You're going to see a whole bunch of names from that defense fly off the board. And just remember that when you, yeah, he carved them, carved them up 41 points against them. Carved them, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like you saw what they did to TCU. Like, yeah, there was one team that belonged in that championship game that kind of got screwed by getting matched up with Georgia. But yeah, yeah. It's crazy, just, and I'm kind of torn because while he is the best quarterback, in my opinion, too, yeah. because the Texans did what they could to fuck this up and not get the number one yeah. pick, I do hope Bryce goes first uh, yeah. just to make sure that the Texans can't fuck this pick up. Yep. Because in all likelihood, you know, with, with them signing D'Amico, you know, there are Bama ties, so I can see that happening very obviously. Yeah. And Bryce is not a bad player. He's been great in college, but no. yeah, like you said, that six foot one ninety and that one ninety, you're pushing it, man. Like I know Everybody what one ninety looks like. He, yeah. He's one ninety like wet, maybe. <laughs> out of the pool. Yeah. If and if you want to push that narrative like everybody wants to do, like the Drew Brees com- comparison, think about how many times that comparison has been made. Has there been anyone even close to that production? I don't think so. No. Um, so, yeah, I just want to circle real quick back to the Justin Fields thing. Just be mindful of those narratives, you number one podcast listeners. I know won't get past you, but think about this. In 2021, Justin Fields is the fourth quarterback taken. At 11th overall, the Bears trade up for the fourth cover, fourth quarterback taken. You think maybe the Jets and Niners should have taken him over Zach Wilson and Trey Lance now? And <laughs> you didn't need to be an expert to see that. Justin Fields proved it on the field. And you're going to get obsessed with these like guys throwing in no pads with no defense in combines or pro days. And they just yeah. nitpick Justin Fields' throwing motion to death. You remember it. It wasn't that long ago. It was a couple years ago. Somehow he slipped to the fourth quarterback. And by his skill alone, he likely could have got ruined by aforementioned Matt Nagy and the lack of weapons around him. But by his own freaking magician-like play this past year, managed to have an incredible season. Yep. Don't get it twisted. They did nothing to help him. He did it himself. So... He really could have been ruined and could have impacted his entire career. He would have been labeled a bust 
because of the situation he went to where if he went to the Jets, right now he'd have weapons galore around him, including the wide receiver he threw to in college. If he went to the Niners, Kyle Shanahan would – I bet you Brock Purdy wouldn't be a story. Like, I mean, just think about it. Just remember that. So I got to give credit, you know, like I said, to Lewis Riddick. He's already talking about C.J. Stroud as a gem. So if I'm going to call out the people that don't talk about him, I got to give love to those that do. You got one more to cover? Yeah, I do. I got my last submission um, before I hand it over to you. Um, Let's bring the Los Angeles Dodgers fans and their team and their roster and all these guys up to you played yourself. And their Mickey Mouse. I know. I know, I know we beat down this Astro storyline a lot. I'm sure a lot of number one podcast listeners are tired of hearing it. But if these MLB writers and all these dudes don't – like if they keep bringing it up, you're going to keep getting responses out of me. And it's yeah. like – namely Clayton Kershaw, Mookie Betts. Uh, Clayton Kershaw wasn't bothered when the Dodgers hired a former Red Sox staffer who was suspended for a year for his role in the sign-stealing scheme in 2018. He said, quote, there needs to be a clear distinction between what the Astros did and what everybody else did. So this kind of just tells me like, okay, everyone was cheating. The Astros just did it better and ended up winning the championship. And then you know they're they're essentially hiring so if we cheated them out of a title according to them in 2017 then by by the exact same scheme they got cheated out of 2018 which was the Red Sox and now they have hired the guy responsible for the Red Sox cheating scheme and they also coincidentally paid Mookie Betts 300 million dollars who was on that team Mookie Betts was also in this interview and uh he acknowledged that he was aware that his team was using live video feeds to steal signs too. And he, he was quote, yeah, everybody was. And it's like, okay, so what have you guys been crying about all these years? And Dodgers fans are crickets right now. And, you know, there's only one team that I, I know that has won two championships in five years. And one of those was not in a 60 game Mickey Mouse season. Uh, so long story short, keep fucking crying. See you at the parade. When we go back to back, hey, sound it, baby, you know, like enough of this shit, man. Like, and, and if they want to keep bringing it up, then we're going to keep talking about it. But if you don't want to bring it up and just kind of let it be like all the other cheating of, every other baseball controversy in years past, then let's move on with it and, you know, try winning a game. Try not choking in the DS to the Padres. So congratulations. You Facts. played yourself. You know what I'm saying? I did want to circle a little bit back to the NBA all-star game. Um, I got to, you played yourself. I, I hate to do it. Uh, because of one of the names included on here, but you played yourself goes to, uh, LeBron James, John Morant, Zion Williamson, the likes of those guys. Um, and the, the reason is those three guys have never competed in a slam dunk contest. And I think this part, uh, this new tradition of like not competing in it is lame as hell. Um, I usually hate old heads hating on current players, but the few times I agree with them, um, number one is load management. Um, and you'll see some current players, uh, that don't love it either. Uh, namely Anthony Edwards recently, Paul George spoke up about it. Um, and related to like the injuries increasing, maybe having to do with kind of that load management. Um, so I thought that was an interesting take, but 
the best dunkers no longer compete in the slam dunk contest, and that sucks. To me, maybe, you know, one or maybe the only LeBron LeBron's resume blemish is that he's never done a slam dunk contest. Um, John Morant is widely known as one of the best dunkers. Like, looks like he's floating up there. He said, quote, I'm not doing the dunk contest, um, end quote. He said it would take a billion likes for him to do it. To me, it's fucking lame. Um, and me being uh, the petty person I am, I think I'm going to stop refusing to acknowledge their dunks in game with the same hype um, while they continue to act too big for the slam dunk contest. Like, I can't knowingly be that pumped about something they do in game when they've never like been crowned anything to me. So you can sound it for that one, but you played yourself. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Honestly, like that. And back to the old head thing, I, I don't think the old head thing is really that. First of all, is this really just an indicator that we are now becoming old heads? Because I yeah. fully agree with all that. The load yeah. management shit sucks. Uh, yeah. yeah, Silver needs to probably step in and get rid of all these back to back. So if that's the real reason why they're doing all this but load he management, ha- he already has. Um, that's yeah. kind of the critique is like he's he's made it so he's kind of acquiesced to the players so much that it's like he's right. kind of at their mercy at this point. And I think Charles mm-hmm. Barkley was saying something like that. He's like, um, you know, I think everybody loves Adam Silver, even the old players do because he's brought the game forward and all that. But right. it's kind of created this other end of the spectrum where you're seeing load management. Um, this yeah. is the one time where I do get the argument. Like there are people yeah. that legitimately can't go to multiple games and they – save up to go see a particular player take their kid to go see a particular player yeah man this is a fan's game man yeah and um i think the minute you stop losing sight of that you start losing sight of that is kind of where um you slip into um a dangerous territory people stop losing interest like that sort of thing i'm not saying they're anywhere close to that um but load management is like absolutely the major issue in nba because they don't have much of any issues right now. They have a good relationship between the Players Association and the league. Um, but that's yeah. the major thing I think the league has to stand on. Um, you know me. I'm always pro players, but that's the one. Yeah. Thing. Like, best players got to play. You got to show up. Um, Absolutely. Unless you're actually and you hurt. get paid the most money. You get paid the most money. So yeah. unless you're actually injured, yeah. you should be suiting up and playing. Like yeah. maybe – Minutes, maybe we talk about minutes restrictions, but you're going to take the entire yeah. game off just because right. you don't play back to backs like Kawhi or whatever. Like, give me a fucking yeah. break, man. Like, I'm with that. And then back to the dunk contest, it's like, I know a big reason is like, for example, like LeBron and John Morant, probably the biggest reason that they don't want to do it is because there is a small inkling that they'll lose. But here's the thing yeah. if they do it in the first place, there's absolutely no way the nba is going to let them lose there's yeah. just no fucking way because their ratings yeah. will skyrocket everyone's yeah. going to be watching every single dunk that both of them do and neither of them will lose yep and if they're playing together they would be in the finals i mean obviously lebron can't out dunk ja at the age that he's at no. and like john morant has like a 60 inch vertical man like it's not yeah. happening that ship has sailed for lebron it's just more of a critique yeah. that he never did it early yeah, uh, it's John Moran and Zion are still at the age they should do it, I think. But yeah, for sure. Anyway. Um, you know me, I like to mix in a couple candidates for immediate retirement. You played yourself a little outside the realm of sports, um, that sort of thing. But 
Um, I got to bring this one back, and it's the uh, If You Know You Know. Uh, I fucking hate this, and I keep seeing it all the time. I think I've talked about it before. Uh, It's probably in a past episode, but I had to bring it back. Nothing says attention-seeking like posting an inside joke or inside thing for the masses. Like, what's the fucking point? I hate If You Know You Know because if they know, you probably don't need to post it, right? It's legitimately pointless. Just send it directly to the person. So that's my first candidate. Second up, (laughs) I told you I'd pay this one off. The Super Bowl reminded me, why do adults feel the need to have to root for a team that isn't your favorite? You don't have to pick a side and make up a reason in order to watch a game. Um, And this is a good time to call out uh, you, my co-host, my big bro, Roshanbot, (laughs) for rooting for the Eagles because Jalen Hurts is from Houston. Listen, everyone, Team Snacks is available to you all, especially in the Super Bowl. Team Snacks is always there for you. They're your second favorite team. You don't need multiple favorite teams. This is one of those irrational things that bothers me. Like, I'm not saying the Eagles are your second favorite team. By no means am I saying that. I'm calling you out for saying you're rooting for the Eagles. Like, fuck, Jalen Hurts has a picture with Astros gear on. With H Town, but then then he stopped repping them as hard when they played in the Super Bowl, like because he's scared of the backlash. Like, if you're with us, you're with us. If not, let's keep it. It's pushing. literally like the bare minimum reason, and I put it all out on the line yeah. for that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. So anyway, but yeah, in my defense, in, in my defense, however, I did predict that the Chiefs would win. While right. I root for Jalen Hurts, I was like, the Chiefs are gonna he win. He did ball like, out, and I. Yeah, and I was like, the Chiefs are going to win on a Patty Mahomes game-winning field goal drive. Like, that's how this shit's going to end. I got the receipts, people. (laughs) Yep. Last but not least, and I know you agree with this one because we've talked about it. Um, Listen, I know Panera does, like, a lot of good with donating their excess food. Uh, They have flat-out locations. I know in big cities, I think they're called, like, Panera Cares, where people can come in and pay what they can afford. Um, they have like cool concepts like that, but I got a bone to pick with these prices, man. Panera is out here charging sit down restaurant prices and then their reward systems are crock of shit. How am I always multiple visits away from a reward when I spend this much money? It makes no sense at all. So uh, you played yourself to Panera and, um, I got a lot of, you know, people agreeing with me, uh, a lot of, a couple of takes where they're like, it's just, um, rebranded hospital food that was a that was a funny one um yeah but i know you agree with this i do i i actually think panera is the single worst food establishment in this country uh close runner up is subway but we're not this is about panera but um all due respect though (laughs) everything on panera's menu feels it tastes like it has the same five ingredients like i don't care if you get like a chicken uh like a santa fe chicken sandwich or whatever the fuck it's called there or if you get like a veggie sandwich or you get like a blt all them shits taste the same i don't know what it is about their food but if they didn't have allegedly fresh baked bread like no one would go there. These sandwiches are mid as fuck. They also have the audacity to give you an apple instead of like a real side. Like what yeah. the fuck is with the apple, man? Like the yeah. apple is 
infuriating. I want chips. Yeah. And like you make me pay extra for the chips and then yeah. the soup's all shit. Like I hate Panera, man. I'm glad they're doing you yeah, wrong I'll because do- I hope you just stop going there. <laughs> I'll do respect though. Yeah. I'll do no disrespect, but worst <laughs> worst chain ever. Okay. That concludes you played yourself. Ho- hopefully that was nice and meaty to um, make up for that sorry-ass February that um, <laughs> I left you with number one podcast listeners. Um, no disrespect, though. Uh, okay. Last episode, uh, Sonny and I talked about the NFL head coaching vacancies. Um, we talked about like the best openings. Uh, I don't want to rehash that, but I did – want to give an update because obviously those openings have been filled uh we're heading into combine and draft season so uh, obviously they're all filled uh so the five vacancies in the nfl um i'll go down the list here uh houston texans i think made the best hire out of the group uh they got D'Amico ryan's former yes, Houston sir. Texan player he's uh san francisco's defensive coordinator uh which that defense was incredible um, the Cardinals hired uh, former Eagles defense coordinator Jonathan Gannon for their head coaching job. That was previously held by uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Uh, the Carolina Panthers hired former uh, Colts coach Frank Reich to their head coaching position. He was fired midseason famously. Uh, they replaced him with Jeff Saturday, as we all remember. Um, the Denver Broncos hired Sean Payton. Uh, Sean Payton kind of interviewed with all teams and he essentially picked the Broncos. So they had to send some uh, draft compensation to the saints because he's technically still uh, rights to the saints. The Indianapolis Colts hired uh, Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen to the head coaching job. So if you're keeping tabs, the Eagles lost both their offensive and defensive coordinators uh, from their Super Bowl run. So um, I, on that note, I also wanted to note some, Notable coordinator hires. Uh, you mentioned earlier Eric Bieniemy moving from Kansas City to Washington. Uh, Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Uh, I guess they were like mutually agreed to part ways or whatever they did. Uh, he's now the Chargers offensive coordinator. Um, a name that was floated a lot for head coaching vacancies: Ajiro Averro. He's Denver's defensive coordinator. Um, he moved over to the Panthers, so that seemed like a notable move. Uh, it seemed like he kind of needed a change of scenery. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the report was Sean Payton wanted to keep him, but I think he wanted to move on. Um, Brian Flores uh, was some weird title for the Steelers, basically the – He was like a linebacker coach or something yeah, or like assistant – Yeah. De- uh, like assistant defensive didn't coach and linebacker coach. job prospects – yeah, Mike Tomlin wanted him there, but he got a def- uh, coordinate, defense coordinator job for the Vikings. Um, and then Vance Joseph, who's been a former head coach, has really got opportunities like that. Uh, he moved from the Cardinals and filled the Denver defense coordinator job that was um, vacated by Averro. So uh, just a few there to note. So I only got one who you got for this episode uh, and because – I know we're going to focus a lot more on draft later and all that stuff, combine, scouting. So I did want to float this one. We mentioned Justin Fields earlier, but the Chicago Bears, who have the number one overall pick, um, sore subject because the Texans really tried to – they won their way out of that spot. Um, But 
I wanted to get your take what you think they should do. Should they keep their pick or trade out? Um, obviously, the argument has been there. It's been a hot topic of debate. Keeping the pick would obviously involve trading away Justin Fields. Uh, the argument being that you would be able to get a rookie quarterback and kind of and reset the timetable with the rookie contract. Uh, obviously, Fields is going to be entering his third year. Um, and as you know, first-round picks get four-year contracts with a team option for five. So he's in, right in the middle of his rookie contract. So the idea is that you trade him, you get assets, and get to restart your rookie QB deal. Um, or do they trade the number one pick to give Justin Fields presumably weapons or and or protection on the offensive line? Um, obviously, you know where I stand. Um, I think they should keep Justin Fields. Uh, I do. I'm starting to see the argument for it um, because I think if you get Fields to a better position, it'd be good for him. And I yeah. get that this team. They do have a lot of cap space and assets, but you're still a lot of pieces away from being competitive, in my yes. opinion. So then you're still kind of wasting fields, even though you're giving him more weapons. Yeah. It's like you're getting closer to a 500 team instead of like making right. a huge leap. Um, yeah. Nonetheless, I think you go with what's known over the mystery. Um, I think Fields is coming off a great season. He made things happen despite having almost nothing around him. So um, I really like the prospects of seeing where he can develop with even a few more weapons or a weapon in the wide receiver core. I know they um, traded for Chase Claypool, but I think they would probably presumably get another weapon in the draft and or um, bolster their offensive line. What do you got? Well, yeah, I mean, look what Jalen Hurts – Look what he did with AJ Brown. Like great example. It was yeah. instant impact. And like, drafting Devonte Smith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, so I think in the pecking order of the three options, I think the best option would be to trade Fields because there's teams that are essentially a quarterback away. Like if San Francisco just like bit, you know just took the L, or if like the Jets were like, yeah. all right, we're moving on, like. Justin Fields upside versus whatever Aaron Rodgers has left and what you have to pay Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like that's a no brainer to me. Like you have a franchise quarterback for the next 10 years versus you have Aaron Rodgers for three years or two years or whatever it might be. So I think trading him to a better situation is best for Justin Fields. Um, I think for the team, it would probably be trading the number one pick. Yeah. Um, Either way, I don't think, they need i mean and they could just trade like indianapolis like and just move down three spots probably end up with fucking will anderson anyway and because like there's no way the texans are not going to get a quarterback like whoever is number two like whoever's there if it bryce young goes first then we'll probably take stroud or whoever else and i i can honestly see all four of those quarterbacks going in the top 10 so i think like will anderson or, or some of these guys like um I don't. I don't remember all the names off the top of my head, but you know, uh, J- the Clemson- Jalen Carter's in some Jalen Carter legal, yeah. legal trouble, but he's uh, the top prospect on a lot of boards. And uh, then there was like the right. dude from Tech. Um, yes, uh, what was his name? Tyree Wilson. And then you have like a bunch of other people, but like, yeah, I think like either way you don't want them to draft someone at one. I think trading the number one pick would probably be the best for the team. So I can definitely see them doing that. Um, the, 
the Colts will be the likeliest or trade fields to a team that's better for him and then get obviously a haul. I mean, shit, dude, trade him to the Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It out. I mean, that's, like, a, I that's an interesting scenario too. Um, you know, Lamar yeah. Jackson's up for a contract. He's, uh, he doesn't have an agent. He, um, negotiates for himself and yeah. they're, they're reportedly really far apart. They're kind of a mess right now. Uh, their GM was being interviewed, called out like how their wide receivers haven't panned out, and uh, Rashad Bateman did not like that. I saw that. Uh, so yeah, uh, usually buttoned up franchise historically has some drama. Yeah, um, heading into the combine, but yeah, I mean there are uh, quite a few teams in that top little part that could be trading up. I think the Colts are likely, um, you know, trade partner with the Bears. Uh, even the Texans, if they want to get their guaranteed top prospect, you could see them do that. Um, I -hmm. think also there's been reports. Maybe the Seahawks would get a quarterback and not sticking with Gino the long term. Obviously the Panthers are a team in the top half and that would need a quarterback. The Raiders, uh, who let Derek Carr go. Um, and then, Falcons, there are quite a few teams in the top half that uh, would be quarterback shopping. So it's going to be fascinating because there are some experienced guys out there and then who's going to kind of start fresh with a new quarterback. Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty fun, fun draft. I hope so. I I love seeing that. It's shaping up to be a good one anyway. Yes. One of my favorites. Okay. Now uh, let's move on to what you feeling. And uh, I'll let you go first before I say mine. Yeah, what I'm feeling, uh, got to be the new nephew. Shout out to my brother, Nickit. Uh, yeah. January 17th, our nephew, Rayon, was born. Yeah. Uh, it, he's he's a peach, man. He's cute. So we've been going, I've been, you know, obviously I live in Austin now, so it's been a little tiring. But, you know, driving back to Houston every couple of weeks uh, yeah. to see him and the yeah. fam and seeing, love it. you know, Nick and my sister-in-law. Uh, become parents and really embrace that has been pretty sweet, man. And being an uncle is cool. Yep. Uh, obviously, there's not a lot of responsibility, so it's even greater. Yeah. Um, you know, you just get to be the fun uncle, Funko baby. Yeah, amen. And other than that, you know, uh, I think I am very anti winter. I'm very anti gloomy days. I'm very anti daylight savings time. So I'm looking forward to springtime. Uh, you know, daylight savings time that. That sun not going down till eight thirty. That's I love that man. I love the summer. I love Me swimming too. here. I love Texas heat. Um, I live in Austin now, so I know South by Southwest isn't like super big anymore. But I'm kind of looking forward to just catching a few shows, just like by being close by and seeing what's around and yeah. uh, being an Austin resident here. So looking forward to all that stuff. Yeah, shout out, shout out the new nephew for sure. That's top. Yeah, list. man. Um, easily. Nothing tops that. Uh, but uh, recently, um, I've now watched all ten Oscars Best Picture nominees officially. All right. I, those of you number one podcast listeners may or may not remember, um, my wife's always been a big Oscars fan, and a few years back, you know, I wanted to have a dog in the fight, so to speak. So, um, <laughs> you know, I always, I said, I want to know what these movies are. Uh, so want to have an opinion on the ones that are nominated and they're historically movies I wouldn't go see. So it uh, helps me see movies kind of outside of my usual 
realm of popcorn munching action or comedies. So um, gives me a chance to see some really quality movies that I ordinarily wouldn't. Um, and also form opinions on them. So I've really enjoyed that part over the last few years. We managed to still see them thanks to like streaming and all that. It makes it easier because obviously with a one year old, it's harder to get to the movie theaters like it was a few years ago. Um, but uh, I think this is the odds favorite. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, it is my favorite. I thought it was such a unique uh, story. Incredible movie, man. Yeah fantastic movie um second on my list is banshees of in uh that movie is actually both of these are available on streaming i think everything everywhere all at once is on like stars or uh showtime or one of them and banshees of in is on hbo max so if you have either one of those they're easily accessible those you can at least say you saw those two um one of the nominated ones is on netflix uh that's all quiet on the western front that's uh world war one movie uh, great look at you know life in the trenches it's uh fantastically shot um i think that's those are the main ones that are real oh uh, elvis is readily available on hbo max too and i think a lot of people have seen there's a few blockbuster movies on there where a lot of people would have seen him the avatar movie the avatar 2 the way of the water and top gun maverick which is a fantastic movie is also on that so um some accessible movies you still got some time, I think. A um, few weeks, right? Yeah, a few weeks. Oscars are coming up. so Yeah. Uh, the hardest one that I found that we had to find um, was Women Talking. We have like one kind of independently owned movie theater. It was date night, so my wife and I were able to see that one. But that one wasn't available like for streaming or anything like that. So that's going to be a tough one to see. <laughs> but, um, maybe it's easier if you're in a bigger city. It depends. Um, okay. And then next up, uh, what I'm feeling is the SZA concert. Uh, SZA opened up her tour in Columbus. Couldn't have predicted that, but she started her tour in Columbus. It was phenomenal. Um, It was such a great production and stage setup. I think there have been – I know uh, Complex's account just posted recently about some of the visuals from it. Uh, So if you get a chance, go check it out if if she's coming to your city. Um, obviously fantastic vocals is a great show really impressed me it's her first stadium tour and uh, you could tell they really really thought it through and um, worked on the production value of it nice um, and then last but not least uh, we got to take my son Barrett to the zoo for the first time which was incredible um, to see him you know yell when he got to see the tiger he he loves calling out the tiger and um, that was a uh, one of those cool moments to see the world through his eyes uh, as it gets even more fun as, as they get older and personality starts to develop. So um, that was a good time. Glad we got to do that, but yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Nice man. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap up this edition of Prem Brulee. You already know it's gotta be too much sense. So let's hit that intro, baby. My too much sense uh, for this edition of Prem Brulee is a reminder to not hold other people to standards that you set in your own head or the standards that you've set for yourself. So um, you all know I'd like to uh, try to connect it to my own life. I've been trying to improve in this arena. So most of my too much sense connect to something that uh, pertains to me. I was and still occasionally am bothered when um, actions or 
you know, things people say aren't reciprocated. But um, what I realized what I was doing is holding other people to the standards I set for myself. And there were standards that in my head I expected in return because I was delivering them. Not only is that other person not in my head, but they might have different standards and priorities that they are meeting in their own head. So how could they ever meet your standards if they don't know them in the first place? Your thoughts and actions towards others can't be dependent on other people or external factors. Everything externally is out of your control anyway. So validate what you can control yourself internally. So that's my too much sense for the week. Don't hold other people to the standards that you've set in your own head um, or the standards you expect them to live up to when they don't even know them in the first place. So yeah, it's my too much sense for the week. little reminder for myself, uh, something I'm always trying to learn. That's a great one, man. Thanks, man. That does it for a brand new edition of Prem Brulee. You number one podcast listeners, appreciate you. No, I dropped the ball in February, but with all due respect that I had to come correct in March. Sorry for the hiatus, baby. <laughs> so I appreciate you all, but we're back. Prem Brulee's back. Rush, I want to thank you for joining me, man, as always. Always a pleasure, man. Yes, sir. And you number one podcast listeners, you know the drill. Like these episodes, share them, tell a friend, tell a friend to tell a friend. Say, you know, we're back strong in March. Baby. We'll talk to you next time, you number one podcast listeners. Peace. Peace.